Well, good morning. Uh, today we're continuing on our series entitled Gospel Fluency. Last week, Pastor Mark taught on what is the gospel, and today we're going to be looking at evangelism. Um, what does it look like to share the good news that we have within us? So what I'd like to do is, is read from God's Word. I have a little video, and then I'm going to jump into the message. I'm going to be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. Hear God's Word. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in a view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Uh, on October 13, 2010, 
three drilling rig teams, nearly every Chilean government ministry, the United States NASA Space Agency, the Canadian government, a dozen corporations from around the world cooperated to complete a monumental rescue mission to save the 33 Chilean miners who had been trapped 2,300 feet beneath the Earth's surface for more than 60 days. It's been called one of the greatest rescue missions in history. I, I begin with this message, this, this video, and this introduction today because it helps frame the text we're looking at today. Here in 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 to 5, we see God is organizing a monumental rescue mission. God is rallying a campaign to rescue the souls of humanity that are trapped under the weight of sin and death. God's on a mission to, to save the world from sin. And like the Chilean rescue mission, God wants to use every spiritual and earthly resource to complete his mission. In 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 to 5, God instructs Paul to write a letter inspired by the Holy Spirit that is to be circulated to as many people as possible, as many churches as possible, including the village church today, with this clear message that through the work of Jesus Christ, we don't have to live spiritually and physically trapped. Trapped 2,300 feet under the weight of sin and death. Through Christ's love and grace, we have and can be saved. God is on the greatest mission in history to rescue and to restore his creation. And unlike the Chilean miners, we don't have to wait 66 days to be rescued. We can respond to salvation in Christ today. We can have forgiveness from our sins today. And I want to sit with that for a moment and reflect on God's character. This God who invests every resource he has to save you. To save us. To save his world. This loving God, full of grace, who will stop at nothing God will stop at nothing to have you respond to his love and salvation. This past week, as I prepared for this message, I watched some footage of the Chilean miners who emerged from this hole. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the, the movie, or you remember this story from 2010, the miners emerged from this hole that they had been trapped, where they'd been trapped deep beneath the earth's surface. And, and one by one, 33 miners emerged from this mine shaft. And, and the minute that they came out, they, they burst into celebration. Imagine being trapped. Did you see that image of, uh, of that guy trapped under this weight, way beneath the earth's surface? And when he, when he comes out, he, he's He's celebrating, giving thanks to God, and 
They come out thanking and hugging the rescue team for saving them. Go and watch it on the news. You can see these images. And the days and years that followed, the, the miners spent their time telling their neighbors, their friends, and even the world on national television the story of how God, how they've been rescued from despair. As we look at our text this morning to dig in, to explore the way in which God wants to use us to participate in this massive rescue mission to save the world, as we explore how God wants to use us in his work of saving others who are trapped under this spear and doubt, I want us to hold on to that image of, of us being saved from sin and just emerging from this, this pit and just celebrating and wanting to go out and just thank God and tell others the way that we have been saved. So with that kind of as the framework, I want to look at who, who can go and share the story of God's love, that, that we've been saved. In our text, God commissions all those who have been saved through Christ, to go and tell the story of how Jesus has saved their soul from being trapped in the pit of fear, sin, and death. Paul writes this letter in the Bible to a young man named Timothy, but he more broadly writes to the church so that they can circulate this letter among the believers, and that includes us, so that we might be commissioned, each one of us, that we might be commissioned to be heralds of the good news. So God says these words from his heart to ours. Right here in 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, he says, I give you this charge. Because you've been saved, because you've been rescued, you've emerged from the pit, free from sin, I give you this charge. I give you this charge. I'm commissioning all believers with the responsibility of sharing the good news with others. Every single one of us, young and old, new Christians, old Christians, all are called by God to this important task. We are charged with the responsibility to share the joy of our faith with others. We need to accept that responsibility. You know, to, to not accept the responsibility or, or even the, the joy of sharing our faith with others, sharing good news, is like being a miner, one of, one of these miners who, who would come up from the pit of despair and then just quietly walking home and going and just going about their everyday life, not telling anybody, not sharing the story. Imagine, no one would do that. Paul writes, in the presence of God, in the presence of God in Jesus Christ, I give each one of you this charge. What is the charge? We, we looked at who, we're, we all have this responsibility. And what is the charge? Here it is. Preach the word. The Apostle Paul, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, gives us this message, to go and preach the word. The meaning of the term preach in the original language is to herald, to publicly announce, to proclaim. 
The word is associated with someone in the first century who would be tasked by the government to to go through towns announcing important news to the community. Because after all, in the first century, there was, there was no CNN. There was no Thrilled News. There was no St. Catherine's Standard. So there would be people tasked to go and share the news in the community. And, and that's the image that Paul uses here in the text. Is it, God is commissioning all believers in Christ to be heralds as they go throughout their everyday lives to, to bring this good news of the gospel to their neighbors and their community. And it's interesting to, to, to note that the, these heralds in the first century, they would share certain newsreels uh, with the community. It, it, they would share it with anyone who listened. Anyone who listened, regardless of who they were. In the same way, we are called to share the love of God and the truth of Scripture with everyone in our life. With everyone, believers and unbelievers alike. Share the good news with our children. Speak a loving word from God to our grandchildren to our co-workers, to our friends, in our discipleship relationship. The truth of God guides our discipleship relationships. Whoever it might be, we are called to speak the truth in love into people's lives. This text says, as we share that truth, we do it with great patience. Great patience and careful instruction. We do it with love and care. So who shares the gospel? We do. What do we share? We preach the word. And when do we do it? You're kind of thinking, okay, when exactly is the right time to share the gospel? When do I share with my daughter or, or my son who needs to hear the truth? Or, or when is the opportune time this week to share my faith with my neighbor? Paul addresses this question. Clearly in the text. Here it is. He writes, Be prepared in season and out of season. Be prepared to be heralds of good news now. In every opportunity. Whether it seems like the right time or not, always be sharing the good news. Always be sharing the good news. You know, I, I personally wrestle with this verse because I, I, I often think, man, I, I've got to get to know my neighbor just a little bit more. I've got to get to know them a little bit more or I have to really develop this relationship with this couple that we met downtown in, this mission, in our missional community event or I, I, I have to wait to offer spiritual correction or an encouragement to a Family member, I have to wait for just the right moment in these relationships. And, and, and then, and then I'll say something. And the truth is, the time is now. The time is now. I, I've known my neighbor for five years. It's time for me to share the hope of Christ with them. My family member has drifted long enough. I have to call them on the way home from church today, and share what I've been, I've been meaning to say. The time is now. They shouldn't have to wait any longer. You know, 
a few years back, uh, there's this one guy um, I really got to, I, I got along with at work. I worked in the, the trades for 15 years as a millwright, and th- this guy I work with, we considered each other friends. And I, I'd been praying for him, and as I would go through my week, I, I would often be thinking, man, I, I've got to clearly share my faith with this guy. I've got to share my faith with this guy. I mean, there, there's been co-workers where I've shared my faith before, um, I, I've done it in relationships with my client, have the opportunity to share my faith in, in their office. But, but this guy, I, I just hadn't done it. And he, he knew I was a Christian, and we had ca- casual conversations about faith. But what, what I really wanted to do was share Christ with him and ask him if he would ever consider or if he had ever considered responding to salvation in Christ. In the midst of my waiting for just the right time, waiting for that perfect time, and waiting some more, I got a phone call one Friday afternoon from my supervisor on the way home from work. And my supervisor told me that there had been a freak accident at work in one of, the guy, uh, one of our job sites, and my friend was suddenly killed. I waited so long. I waited so long. I I never got to say something. I never got to say something. Let's not wait till it's too long. Let's share our friends, our faith with our friends and neighbors. Now, I want to be clear on this. Whether or not my friend was saved is not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. Whether our friends and neighbors are saved, it's not your responsibility. It is the sole responsibility of God. And I want to be crystal clear on this. Ephesians 8, 2 verse 8 says, It is by the grace of God that we have been saved through Christ and faith in Christ. And this is not from ourselves or anything we do. It is the free gift of God. Acts 14, verse 12 says, Salvation is to be found through Christ alone. Not Terence alone, through Christ alone. In all the world, there is no one else whom God has given who can save us. That's Jesus Christ. In preparation for this message, I I reread this article I came across a few years back by a guy by the name of John Stott, and he gives great insight on this, this topic of, of God being the one who's responsible for saving. He declares, evangelism, that is sharing the good news, is the announcement of good news irrespective of results. Irrespective of results. He goes on to say, evangelism is, is neither to convert people, nor to win them, nor to bring them to Christ. Though This is indeed the first goal of evangelism. He goes on to say evangelism is to preach the gospel. It's to preach the gospel. What Stott is saying is we are not responsible for the results of sharing the good news. If we share the love of Christ with our neighbor, our co-worker, our friend, and it impacts their life, it's the work of God. And if it doesn't, it's not our responsibility. Personally, I find great, 
great comfort in this truth that God is in complete control of, of drawing people to salvation. Romans 8 verse 28 says, we, we know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. God calls those to be saved. Only through God's purposes are people's hearts transformed. And while it's God's responsibility to save, and he does the work, it's our responsibility to share the good news. We still have that responsibility. It's his job to save. It's our job to share the good news, irrespective of results. I want to close with this story. On the afternoon of April 18, 1775, a young boy, so just this young lad who, who worked at a livery stable in Boston, overheard a British Army officer say that there was a plan to attack the town of Lexington, northwest of Boston, to arrest the colonial leaders, John Hancock and Samuel Adam, and then march onto the town of Concord to seize the stores of guns and ammunition that some of the local militia had stored there. And what happened next has become part of historical legend, a tale told to every American schoolchild. This young boy went to tell the news to a common silversmith by the name of Paul Revere. Revere jumped on his horse and began what's called his midnight ride to Lexington. In, in two hours, he covered 13 miles on horseback in every town he passed through along the way. Charleston, Medford, North Cambridge. He knocked on doors. He spread the word, telling local colonial leaders of the oncoming British and telling them to spread the word to others. Church bells started to ring, bells, bells rang, drums started to beat. The news spread like wildfire as those informed by Paul Revere sent out riders of their own until alarms were going off all throughout the entire region. The word was in Lincoln, Massachusetts by one, in Sudbury by three, and Anover by four. 40 miles northwest of Boston by 5 a.m. and by 9 in the morning had reached as far west as Ashby near Worcester. When the British finally began their march towards Lexington on the morning of the 19th, their foray in the countryside was met to their, unassist, un, <laughs> to their utter astonishment with organized and fear, fierce resistance. In Concord, that day, the British were confronted and soundly beaten by the colonial militia. Paul Revere's ride is perhaps the most famous historical example of word-of-mouth proclamation. A piece of extraordinary news heard by this young boy who goes and tells Paul Revere, and Paul Revere goes and makes his midnight ride and stops at nothing to go and share what he had heard. Village Church, as we go from here, God is inviting us to carry 
the good news of the gospel out into our community, to go on a, a midnight ride through our community, to knock on doors, to, to ring the bells, to share the good news of the gospel with love and patience with our neighbors, with careful instruction, sharing the, the truth of God's word. Go and, and send a messenger. Go and, and tell someone. Say something. Share the good news. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we can live. Thank you that we don't live under, under the weight of sin and death. Because of your death and resurrection, we have life. And we come out uh, into this life emerging in celebration, thanking you that you've given us eternal life and that you've given us relationship with you and all we want to do is celebrate you and, and thank you and praise you and go and, and share that good news with our neighbor for no other reason just because we love you and we're thankful. And God, we give all glory to you and we give all the outcomes to you. All we ask is that you anoint us with your spirit, with the ability to, to make the 1% move to share the truth of the gospel with our friend, with our neighbor. God, help us to make that humble first step this week to share your love with someone who needs to hear it. Shouldn't have to wait any longer. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.